Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I want to start off today's episode with a quote. No man has a good enough memory to be a successful liar. Abraham Lincoln. In 2008, a woman came home and was greeted by a police officer who informed her that her husband had been murdered. She was stricken with grief and went with the police to help in any way she could. But her lies would soon catch up with her as her husband would walk into the interrogation room and she was quickly put into handcuffs. How's it going? My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. How's it going? It's going good. Guess what? What? It's October. Oh, it's spooky season. Technically, technically, today, as of recording, do you know what day it is? I can't remember if it's the second or the third. Oh my God. It's October 3rd. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> Some people know what I'm getting at, and I'm just going to leave it right is there. That, okay, is it? It's not the Mean Girls thing, yeah, is it? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Okay, it's October third. Well, then, if anyone should know what that is, it's me. No shit, but you didn't. Way to go. <gasps> well, I didn't know what friggin' day it is. I'm still living in August. Okay. Well, it's October third. That's all you need to know. It's October third. Also, for the uh, Full Metal Alchemy- Alchemist people out there as well, if you know. So, anyways, how's it going? Yeah, it's October. Halloween is officially. Around the corner, or for some of us, it's already here because October is Halloween. And it was a super awesome, because it was October 1st that Hocus Pocus 2 was released, right? Which I thought was very good on their part of release date. Really good timing. So good. Um, I don't know if you guys watched it or not. We're not going to do any spoilers, but we watched it. We did. I want to watch it again, to be honest, though. We loved it. However, we do have some, some critiques on it. It's definitely not like Hocus Pocus 1. The Sanderson sisters are just like Hocus Pocus yeah, 1. Yeah, they're awesome. But, they they could do no wrong. Right. They did absolutely amazing. Yeah. They got right back into the role, like like not even a minute passed by. But then at the end, I was like, it's they haven't even aged. But you're like, yes, they have. So It's I, been 30 years. I know. So obviously they have. But it, I, from my memory, they didn't, I guess. But I want to watch um, Hocus Pocus 1 and then 2 back to back. Yeah. I'd really like to do that. I think Hocus Pocus 2 is kind of, at least for me, it's like a one-off. It's like I saw it. I'm happy it happened. And then I'm just going to go back to living life with Hocus Pocus 1 for the rest of my life. It's very rare that the second one is as good as the first one. That's true. In my opinion. Especially when you're dealing with a cult classic like Hocus Pocus. They had, it was kind of almost like they had something very hard on their hands. 
Oh God. That's I, what she said. I was like, I can't stop at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, Hocus Pocus, it's going with low expectations. Just go in and enjoy the Sanderson sisters and you'll probably love it. If you go in looking for trouble, you'll probably find it. Yeah. So. But no, it's definitely worth a watch. It was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, also before we get into our patrons, we want to remind you guys to make sure you send us some listener tales because coming up on Halloween, we have Halloween week. We got a lot coming out that week. And one of the episodes that we're dropping, um, as a little extra episode, just so Ooh. you know, it's not one of the seven. It's an extra episode on top of the seven. On top of a week of episodes, there's an extra. Exactly. So that listener Ooh. tales where you just tell us some spooky shit that you've endured in your life. So send us an email over at wicked and grim podcast at gmail.com with your listener tale. And you could potentially get your story in our show. Very cool. Now. Moving on to patrons. Um, well, I want to chat really quick about we put out a YouTube video. OK, sure. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, we have a YouTube channel. It's called Wic Our Wicked Life. It's just Wicked, Wicked Life. Life. Just Wicked, Wicked Life. Life. And we finally did after like a million and one requests, I feel like we did a tiny home tour. We did. So it was our one year anniversary of living in this tiny home. Um, so, yeah, we are basically seeing what a tiny home that's lived in looks like. Yep. So we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have a couple YouTube videos out from the past. They're we not do. the greatest, but it's something that out. we're going to be working on. Yeah. So we're going to start trying to work on our YouTube a little bit more, but we're starting with this tiny home tour. Mm -hmm. So you can go search up Wicked Life on YouTube and we'll actually have our YouTube channel linked down below here as well in the podcast. So you can go check it out if you want. Yeah. No, it was cool. And it was good. Like a lot of our friends and family too were kind of after seeing this. So it was cool to put it out there. It was. Yeah. Okay, now on to the patrons. Now on to okay. our patrons. So we had some lovely patrons sign up this week for the show. Um, so thank you to Kyle Chadwick, Jennifer Lockhart, Joy Carter, Cindy Wheeland, Nicole Royn, Ryan, Ryan. It's like R-I-O-N, like lion. So it's, it's deceiving. Mm. I'm not certain. I think I'm going to go with Ryan. Um, and Cheyenne Hahn. Cheyenne was actually kind enough to let us know how to pronounce her name. So thank you so much. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so thank you to those awesome patrons who signed up. And if you want to join us over on Patreon, you can get exclusive episodes, behind the scenes, all that good stuff. It's down below in the link. You can go check it out. Or if not, you can just join us here in regular episodes, just like you are now. And we still appreciate that too. Well, I was just going to say too, on, uh, we just released a, um, a Patreon episode. We did. On, I guess it had been Friday. The last day of every month. Yeah. Um, so it was the Setegaya family murders. Yeah, you so, did a really good job on that one too. Yeah, I did that one. Um, it's it's a it's an awful case. Um, but like, yeah, it, it's a really good listen. It's very interesting, and uh, if you want to hear our take on that, you can head on over there. Yeah, so check it out. Or, I forgot to post it on the stories actually that I put that one out. But. Fair enough. Or just chill with us here. Either way, we appreciate you. So with all that out of the way, should we get into this? I'm ready. Yeah, I was pretty pumped, actually, because I was like, oh, my gosh, no one gets hurt in this episode. Like, I'm pumped. But do but they? But then you just looked at me weirdly, so now I'm unsure. <laughs> but maybe I looked at you weirdly just to throw you for a loop, or maybe I... Which could be. Ooh, maybe someone does. I my wine. You're going to have to listen to find out, okay? Mm -hmm. But to start off, we're going to take ourselves all the way back to Florida in 2008. Oh, is this a Florida case, eh? It's a Florida case. Okay. Florida man does something odd and weird you know have you ever like googled that on google <laughs> of course it's on google uh you're supposed to go florida man and then type in your birthday 
And it's like, see what weird article comes up with Florida Man oh, on your birthday. Okay, is it your birthday? I thought for some reason your name was in there too, but it's your birthday. Maybe you could do it with your name. I don't know. I have heard of that though, yeah. yeah. I've never done it. It's kind of entertaining. Um, but yeah, this has taken us all the way back to Florida in 2008. Now we're starting off with a 38-year-old man by the name of Michael DiPolito, who was an ex-convict, I should say. Okay. Um, he was on a 28-year-long probation for Ooh. some stock fraud. Wow. Yes. He was convicted in 2001 and served seven months in prison. Now, though, Michael was an entrepreneur, though I couldn't actually find what sort of business he was into. Mind you, I didn't dig too deep into that one. It's kind of irrelevant information. Um, but either way, he was making good money and doing pretty well for himself. Okay. So this particular day, Michael was enjoying his evening of bachelorhood as his wife was out of town for the weekend. Now, Michael decided a good way to spend his alone time was to hire a sex worker. Okay, that took a turn. Yeah. So 35 minutes after placing a call, 26-year-old Dahlia Muhammad would show up to his door. So not the greatest decision making, that's for sure. But no, well, like that's just like the fear, I feel like, of every <laughs> wife. Every married. Yeah. Not even just wives, husbands and all the jazz too. But like, yeah. geez, that's that's awful. Well, faithfulness is huge. I'm disgusted by him already. Oh, that's definitely not a cool thing. Uh, so Dahlia, she was born in New York City on October 18th in 1982. Uh, her and her siblings were raised by their Egyptian father and their Peruvian mother. Now, Dahlia and her family would move to New York and find their new, or sorry, move from New York and find their new home in Boynton Beach, Florida, which is where Michael lived. Okay. And she moved there when she was 13 years old. Now, like many of us, Dahlia was, you know, trying to find a career path. And, you know, that whole idea was a little bit difficult for her as she was mm -hmm. growing up. Yeah. So eventually she did decide that she was going to go for her real estate license. And in the meantime, she began working with an escort agency as a sex worker. Now, it was through that work that she would meet the aforementioned Michael DiPolito. She would, of course, knock on his door and here they are. The two shared the evening of purchased bliss. And with that, Michael fell head over heels for Dahlia. Oh, really? Hey? Yeah. In one night like that? In one night. Now, the new woman in his life was exciting and he couldn't wait to begin a new life with her. So he quickly filed for divorce only two weeks later. Wow. He filed for divorce of his wife of seven years and then proposed to Dahlia with a $20,000 engagement ring. Holy heck. Okay, was she as into him? We'll get into that. Okay, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead here. Definitely jumping ahead. So this is quite the big commitment for him, right? Mm -hmm. he's, he's taking a huge leap. That's a lot to just decide in pretty short span there. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about Dahlia here, whether it was love at first sight that they shared, um, or maybe it was the dollar figure attached to Michael, for example, mm -hmm. the, the ring. Um, either way, Dahlia says yes. And it was only five days after Michael's divorce was finalized that he and Dahlia would get married on February 2nd in 2009. Oh. Holy shit. Okay, like I kind of almost feel bad for the wife. Oh, so do I. Don't get me wrong there. Like things escalated quickly. She was thrown to the side. She was like old newspaper from like yeah. a puppy going to the bathroom on. Like I was like, that's a fear just like that your spouse kind of cheats on you when you're gone. But then this is like next level. Oh, yeah. And question, did yeah. um the $20,000 ring, like is that 
kind of within his means? Does he have that kind of money? I'm or not was one, that a stretch? I'm not 100% certain how in his means it is. Um, however, I do know that throughout this case, they are spending more money and he seems to be comfortable with it. Okay. So I'm sure he went into debt with some of this stuff, but I don't think it was like ex super extravagant for him. Like mm -hmm. it's a whole year's wage worth by any means, you know? Okay. So, um, yeah, so I'm not too sure on his, his financial situation, but he had, he was comfortable. That's what well, I, I mean. No matter even credit or whatever, like he has to still be able to afford that. Yeah. So he, he was able to afford it and was still comfortable. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So, I mean, he had this new exciting relationship with this woman that he fell over head over heels for. He was comfortable with his monetary situation. He was living a good life. However, things in Michael's life would begin to slowly take a turn. And it started on March 12th of 2009, just one month after getting married to Dahlia. It was early in the morning and there was a knock at the front door. Now, Michael opened the door to find his parole officer and two police standing there with him. Hmm. Now, this was rather unusual. He had visits from his parole officer before, you know, other times and everything, but they were usually scheduled. This was the first surprise visit that he ever had, especially escorted by police. That was also new. Well, yeah, it's like he's in trouble. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. They informed him that there were multiple anonymous tips that he had been um, allegedly selling drugs such as ecstasy and illegal steroids from his home. Now, Michael was in absolute disbelief. He kept himself clean. He was steering far away from all this sort of stuff since he was on parole, but he couldn't do much. The uh, parole officer and police had a warrant in hand. So he stepped aside, they entered his home and they began to search, but they came up empty handed. Okay. So, so someone is uh, setting him up. Well, we'll see. His wife. We'll that's see. my guess. That's, that's your guess? His, his ex-wife, I guess I should yeah. correct myself. Well, luckily for him, as it would have, like, you know, he didn't have anything in there. No one had set him up or put anything in there. Nothing was found because if something was found, that would have certainly meant jail time. Mm -hmm. He would have been going back. The next day, Dahlia suggested that they should take a nice getaway trip to Palm Beach. It was exactly what Michael needed. You know, he was stressed out. He was watching his back wherever he went, wondering who made these calls to the right. authorities. A relaxing, romantic trip with his wife could be the exact thing he needed to ease his mind. So he took her suggestion and they went off. So the two booked a, uh, a weekend getaway in a nice fancy resort hotel. See, again, he's spending more money and I think it's comfortably. Mm-hmm. But then, because it was the weekend, Sunday morning came around the next day. And as they were leaving, police were there to greet them in the parking lot of the resort at the oh vehicle. Oh, gosh. They received another anonymous call that he was dealing drugs from his car. Again, warrant in hand, they searched, but found nothing. Okay, but this is such a waste of resources, too. But I can understand. I, if I feel like I know who it is the wife or the wife's family, I'd be freaking pissed too. Yeah. So. Well, two weeks after that, when the two were out for a fancy dinner at a restaurant, police were again <laughs> waiting for them at their car as they were leaving the restaurant. Again, ready to search his property. This time, however, police did come up with something. They oh, weren't empty handed. They found inside a cigarette package, a small bag of cocaine rolled up and tucked into a spot where one of the cigarettes would have been and was since removed. Michael was frantic 
like absolutely frantic. He collapsed in like fucking tears. He told police oh, it wasn't no. his. He was being set up. Somebody placed it there. He had no idea what was going on. It seemed a bit odd to police too, as they listened to Michael. Now, this is a very weird place to tuck away a small amount of cocaine. Maybe someone did plant it. Maybe Michael actually knew nothing of it. As they were considering this, police took note that his wife, Dahlia, seemed almost emotionless as her husband was breaking down in literal tears. Oh, okay. My gears are changing here. Okay. Wow. So police decided they believed Michael and did not make an arrest. They finished the search and left. Police weren't the only ones who had suspicions of Dahlia, though. Huh. I'm in shock right now. Why are you in shock? Well, because I don't know. I mean, we know a teeny bit about this story, but it's I always thought it was going to be the ex-wife here. You thought, But was- now I'm changing my tune, potentially. Well, who do you think it is? Well, maybe it's this new wife now, which is mind-blowing to me. And then, yeah, she's obviously just using him for his money. You think so? God, this guy has made some shit life choices. <laughs> like some real poor life choices here. Uh, I can't argue that. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but like I said, the police weren't the only ones who began to realize this. Michael also began to put the puzzle pieces together. Now, they didn't tell anyone that they were going out for dinner or exactly where. So how did the police know where to find and search the vehicle? And if he didn't put the cocaine there, the only other person with access to the vehicle would have been Dahlia. Jeez. So on the drive home, he asked her if she had anything to do with it. And that's when she got like big mad. She was driving the car home and she slammed down the gas pedal. Driving on the freeway, extremely reckless and reaching speeds reportedly up to 190 I believe miles per hour. Holy shit. Yes. That's terrifying. Yes. Um, She screamed at him and was like, how could you even begin to think such things that I did this and blah, like all that sort of stuff. Right. So ridden with absolute fear, Michael calmed her down as best as he could. And he told her that he believed her and he's sorry. He even like brought it up. That's like horrible of him sort of thing. He did whatever he could to calm her down and get the situation back under control. So the next morning, tensions were running high. Dahlia was making breakfast. She made breakfast for her husband, Michael. They ate. And afterwards, she broke some news to him. She was pregnant. Okay. (laughs) That was quite the... Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just like curious of where this is going. Sorry, I'm like actually very actively listening. Okay. Should I be more shocked that she's prego? Well, I, which, oh my God, should I be like, oh my God, that's so exciting. Well, I'm, I'm going to let you Probably in on a little lying. secret here. Yes, Dahlia is lying. Because she knows she's getting caught in her act. Yep, she's not pregnant. And she is, in fact, the one calling the police. She is the one being anonymous reporting these things. Now, I, I just want to point this out. Like, why am I coming clean and telling you guys this here now when we're like partially way through the story? Um Well, the reason is because by this time, her lies were beginning to get uncovered anyways. So we are literally just following how this story actually developed. So, And they're getting uncovered by Michael and the police, basically. Correct. They're not quite getting uncovered just yet. But here in a moment, they're 
getting uncovered. So well, he's very much so realizing that she's probably I don't know. I was gonna say I'll just say nuts. Well, a little nuts. It's pretty obvious she's our douche canoe of the day at this point. <laughs> Let's just okay, say I, that. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna say some things, but I just settled on nuts. But yeah, she's like he really has made very poor life decisions. Yeah. Well, Dahlia told Michael she was pregnant. Why? Why did she lie to him? Because she knew he was catching on to the fact that she was the one calling police. She was the one reporting these things. She planted the cocaine there. Mm-hmm. Um, so she told him this to distract him from the reality of the situation around him. Well, and she would, I mean, his whole actions would change, right? Yeah. With like, the, oh my gosh, so excited. And like, I need to protect my wife and my child. And 100%. With the thought of a child on the way, you know, becoming a dad, you know, having the new wife who's now yep. pregnant. Um. Was he, would that have been like his, if she was actually pregnant, would that have been his first kid? Yes. Did he? I believe so. I've never found any reports of any other kids. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, with this whole childbearing thing in mind, everything else just kind of began to fade off Mm -hmm. and that's what Dolly was hoping for. That's exactly what happened. Uh, so this same day, the two began planning their future as parents. They went shopping and they bought some baby books. However, Dahlia wasn't uh, exactly having baby on the mind, clearly, because she's not actually even pregnant. Mm-hmm. So while they're out shopping, she was thinking about something else. She was beginning to text an old boyfriend of hers, Mike. So just clarification, Mike is the old boyfriend. Michael is the new husband. Okay? Not confusing at all, right? <laughs> That's why I've been saying Michael this whole time. Okay. I'm not abbreviating to Mike. That makes sense. Um, so while they were out shopping for these books, one of the texts she sent her old boyfriend, Mike said, and I quote, BB, I miss you so much. I want to fuck. Call me XOXO. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. Okay. So quite aggressive to say the least. Meanwhile, she's a married woman. Yeah. Uh, this was her way of reeling him into her plan, you know, and he took the bait. Hmm. So. They had a, because I said it earlier, a night of bliss together. Uh, and Dahlia convinced Mike to pose as a probation lawyer, calling Michael with some legal advice. Now, the advice was regarding how to get off his 28-year-long probation. He told him that his house as an asset was an issue and needed to be transferred ownership over to his wife in case <gasps> he did get arrested. No. Yes. So if he got arrested, then it would be in Dahlia's name. So when he's in prison, there would be no issues, right? Good Lord. This lady is very, um, what's the word? Like deceiving, manipulative. Manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot there. Brutal. And Michael was still shaken up from the cocaine incident. Um, I mean, this was only a day or two after that incident happened, remember? So this is still very fresh. Um, he was afraid some of those charges regarding it would actually stick and he might be sent back to jail. So he followed the bogus advice. He didn't do any research on his own. He just trusted this random guy who claimed to be a lawyer, knew this information and he followed his recommendation. Him and Dahlia drove down and transferred ownership over to her. This is so shitty because he seems like he is getting, he got his life back together right at some point yeah from making some poor choices or whatever and she's just completely ruining his fucking life oh and she's taking advantage of every little thing she can wow i feel like i should have been like every little thing yeah that's actually how it went through my head (laughs) huh so she like you say manipulative conniving um 
a douche canoe. She's a biatch. Let's say it. I'm sorry. She is. Well, yeah. And like, but the the interesting thing is that he's just going with that. Well, because he's head over heels for this woman. And now not only is this his new wife, this is the mother of his child as far as he knows. True. Right. I forgot about the baby already. Okay. So anyways, with this, now the house being fully in Dahlia's name, it meant Michael was fully disposable. So Dahlia dropped the ex Mike. She was done with him. And she reached out to another one of her exes, Muhammad Shihade. Now she wanted Muhammad to hire a hitman to kill her husband. This is like a soap opera and a half. I oh. feel like I'm literally like in the young and restless right now. Oh, girl, you have no idea. It gets <laughs> way worse. Trust okay. me. This is, whew. Um, so with this information, with this conversation with Dahlia, what did Muhammad do? He went straight to police and informed them exactly of her intentions. Okay. I was not expecting it to go that way. And I freaking love him. Yeah. He was like, um, yo, this bitch want to do some shit. This is amazing. Yeah. So Good shout out, him. shout out to Muhammad here. No kidding. Now quickly police. Well, I shouldn't say quickly. Cause at first they weren't, they were really like unsure of this guy. And if mm. I see telling the truth, it sounds pretty far fetched. Right. But, um, Muhammad and the police began to work together and they put a plan into action. He would act as though he got a hitman and that he would get her to contact the hitman and you, they set up a whole meeting together. So the hitman, though, was not a hitman. It was, in fact, an undercover police officer. Yes. And the car they met in was full of cameras and audio equipment. As it just so happened, the show Cops was working with the police department that week and they agreed to rig up the car with their equipment and record all of it with their hidden camera. Nice. Okay, so, that shit's gold. Right? Like, what are the fucking odds? I also have to say, though, thank goodness that the police took this kind of seriously here. Oh, definitely. Because this could be have gone a totally different way. Well, and I think the police were like, you know what? Hey, cops, you know, if this turns out to be a bust, you, you got a show or something, right? Like, it could have been a beneficial thing. A, we get to actually check out and see if this is real. B, if it's not real, at least it's not taxpayer dollars to waste. There's probably mm -hmm. some exchange going on, right? Right. So that's my guess there. Uh, now I lost my spot. Okay, right. So in the meeting, they met in the car in this parking lot. Dahlia would pay a $3,000 deposit out of a total of $7,000 um, for, of course, the hit on her husband. That's and not very much money. Mind you, this is 2009 too. Still. But still, yeah. Uh, so she gave a photo of Michael to the supposed hitman and a photo of the house as well. She made it abundantly clear that yes, she wanted this done. And there was no way that she's turning back. She has made up her mind. This is happening. Meanwhile, everything is being recorded. and Exactly. Oh, so it's, it's the best. It's it, it, she's fucked. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so they actually met two times. And in the second meeting, uh, the two plans, the whole thing, the whole idea was laid out from beginning to end. The plan was at about 630 to 7 a.m. next Wednesday morning, Michael would be taking the dogs for a walk as he usually does. And he always leaves the door unlocked. So she's going to leave for the gym at about 6 a.m. and return home to, you know, find her husband killed. So that gives her an oh, oh. alibi for being out of the house while this all occurs. 
Oh my gosh. Now the hitman is going to make this look like a robbery gone bad and no one will be the wiser. Of course, this hitman, again, undercover police officer. Yeah. This is all a setup. So August 5th, 2009, the plan was all set in motion and the police let the plan play out. Dahlia left to go for the gym. And when she did, police pulled up to the house and began knocking on the door. Michael opened up, of course, with a face full of police officers in. Yeah, right at his front door. Probably being scared they're going to like arrest him or something. Yeah, he probably panicked initially like, what the fuck? Um, but they informed him of all of Dahlia's plans. Wow. The whole thing, the undercover officer, the footage, the audio, everything. Could you imagine? Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So he was taken quickly by the police back to the police station. They didn't have much time. They got to get all this set up in the meantime. Mm -hmm. And while he was being taken back, the whole fake crime scene around the couple's house was being set up by authorities. They had cop cars with flashing lights, police tape strung up around the yard, news cameras, you (laughs) name it. The nice thing, these news cameras we're filming and we're catching all these reactions and everything. Okay. It's almost amazing that they went through all of these steps though. Cause technically they could have just not really played out the whole scene though. Right. That's it's like true. they were, but I mean, this cop show and stuff was in on this and like, well, at this point, the cop show isn't in on it anymore. Cause it's not a cop show. This is an actual investigation. Touché. Yeah. And I mean, I guess they're just really making sure they're like, getting her yes so what it was was the show cops lent them the equipment okay yes and okay. then they and ha- now they realize this is legit shit and they yeah. better so this is no longer this is no longer a tv show this is footage for an investigation this is evidence not a tv show you just lent us equipment that's it but it's still exactly like a soap opera it's worse it, it pretty much um but after all that footage after the meetings they had enough evidence the reason why they continued to let this play out is they wanted to ensure sure that they had as much as they possibly could to convict her. Is there shit that we get to watch? I want to see this stuff. I mean, this is a po- an audio podcast. You can't watch well, no, anything. Well, no, I bet later, is there going to be links? Like, okay, sorry. Oh, I'm, there's I'm there's definitely some stuff in the description below. Don't worry about that. Amazing. Um, Now I completely lost my spot. Where was I? Right. So they had all the all the whole setup going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so once they were done, all they really need to do now was call Dahlia and tell her she needed to come home. So after she got a call from the police, she rushed home and exited her car as she pretended not to know what was going on. There, she was greeted by Sergeant Frank Renzi, who approached her and told her the tragedy that occurred while she was at the gym. <laughs> her husband, Mike DiPolito, had been shot and murdered. Good God. Dahlia instantly And if you ask me, if you watch the footage preemptively broke down and started crying in a panic just before he even actually said it. She, she was a little early on it. If you really watch 
And she played up the role of the whole damsel in distress. She was literally shaking and vibrating. Like, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to admit it, but that was one hell of a fucking performance. So it's almost like she practiced for this sh- or something, eh? Like she's done this sort of shit to manipulate people before. Mm-hmm. And sorry, th- I was jumping ahead. That's the scene that I want to watch. Yes. Um, so like I said, all while there are very real cameras rolling and it is a scene that you want to watch and there is an audio clip I am going to play for you so you can hear that oh. discussion between Dahlia and the cop play out. Okay, okay. Here it goes. I'm Sergeant Ramsey. I'm, I'm the one that called you. Thank you for coming. I'm sorry to call you. Listen, we had a report of a disturbance at your house and there were shots fired. Is your husband Michael? Okay, I'm sorry to tell you, ma'am. He's been killed. He's been killed, man. I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to die. Listen. No, no. Try to calm down. No, no. Right now, we'll, no. we need to get you to the no. We need to get you to our police station. I, we, I can't let you stand, man. We have to do our job. No. If you want us to find his killer, okay? No. We need you to calm down. I'm going to need you to go with these detectives, okay? Does he have enemies? Is there anyone that would want to hurt him? Okay, who would want to hurt him? Witnesses said they saw a black male running from me. I can't let you see him, ma'am. Ma'am, I cannot do this right now. Ma'am, I can't do it. Detective Yopi, I need you. I need you to take her to the station. I can't. Ma'am, go with these detectives. If you want to help your husband, okay? If you want to help your husband, you need to go to the station with these gentlemen and tell us everything you know about who he knows, who he's connected to. Don't worry, we've already taken care of dogs with animal control for right now. Everything's under control. And we'll take care of everything else, okay? Thank you, guys. So there's one thing I really want to point out in that audio. Did you notice how in amongst all of that crying, she happened to point out to the police, my husband's on parole. Oh, I didn't even hear that. She says that. A grieving wife pointed out to the police, my husband's on parole. Well, honestly, I thought that the best acting job there was the police officer. Oh, yeah. Oh, because 100%. That was not how I don't I just don't think that's how that would have played out. Because like, I think after you're to, you would if it was legit, you're told something like that. I think Norm, she should have practiced more, really. You would have been <laughs> shocked. Like, I don't think you would have hardly said shit because you would just been like, crying probably start crying but i don't think that you would have words almost right away you'd be like processing this so slowly in your brain exactly and that's exactly why i'm so focused on that my husband's on parole she's already thinking about pointing the finger on who could have done this pointing out that my husband's on parole there's probably someone who's after him and it wasn't me it was somebody else okay i see what she's doing there then right already in the moment when she supposedly a grieving wife, like you just said, she probably shouldn't even be able to get words out, yeah. but she manages to tip the police off. The only legit one that I thought was that, that her concerned about the dogs. Cause I would have that concern too. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so after that audio, she was taken to the police station. Um, and as far as she was aware, it was for routine questioning. Um, as we all know, the spouse or, you know, significant other and is a usual suspect number one. Right. So it's just protocol. She's like, you know, maybe I can help the police or whatever situation. Although we know she's just going to be throwing them off. <laughs> and I'm sure in her head, you know, she was all like, I'm going to be in and out of the station quickly. My life's going to be great. I've got a new house in my name. All, all his this money. money. Yep. Uh, really, what was actually going on was she was being detained and arrested 
before she even knew it. If she, wow. if she was going to be leaving that station, immediately cuffs would be slapping on, on her wrists. And here she's just like thinking she's living her best fucking life. Yeah. Like it was just easy breezy, beautiful cup yeah. girl. So, so it started with condolences and comfort comforting from officers in the interrogation room. Okay. She sobbed and she told them, quote, I love my husband. I want to see him. They won't let me see him. Now, police officers, you know, understand this is a charade and I'm pretty sure they were hardly able to stomach this ridiculous charade, but they managed to, and they continued up their charade as well. In questioning, Dahlia tells police all about her husband's criminal history, how he was on probation. As far as she can tell, there was many reasons why many people would want him dead, pointing fingers in all other directions to take any light off of herself. Eventually, though, police decided to move on to things in a little bit of a different direction. So far, they've been holding their cards tight, and it was time to actually begin playing their cards. Police decided to bring in the undercover police officer who had played the role as the hitman. He entered the interrogation room in handcuffs, still playing the role, acting as though he had been caught. And police said they got him fleeing the scene. Oh. And they're like, why were you in her house? Do you know her? And he just kind of like blankly is looking down. And he denies knowing Dahlia. And of course, Dahlia happily plays along, denies <laughs> knowing him too. Wow. Like, I can't believe that they're even able to just do this. Like, I feel like A, they'd be laughing or like so disgusted that this is happening. <laughs> oh, I, I guarantee you anyone outside of that interrogation room is shaking their head in disbelief and yeah. uncontrollably laughing because this is just so ridiculous. It's so awkward and uncomfortable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So questioning didn't actually last a whole lot longer after that. Uh, the officer in undercover cuffs if you want to say he had left the room shortly thereafter and police began to decide you know what, it's time to play their whole hand they told her right to her face you're going to jail for soliciting for a first degree murder that's an undercover police officer okay what was her reaction to that she was just like she wasn't sobbing or crying anymore she was just blank and she's just like i didn't do anything she's just like fuck pretty much yeah you can see her demeanor completely change of just like uh, so yeah, she starts saying like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And then they told her about the cameras and the audio equipment, all the evidence, the fake setup at the house, because they opened the door to play the ace up their sleeve and in walks her husband, Michael DiPolito, alive as can be. Wow. She probably looked like she saw a freaking ghost. She was immediately like, because by this time in between the undercover officer coming in and Michael coming in a couple minutes, but she got cuffed in that time officially when they're like, you're going to jail and shit. So she's now cuffed with hands behind her back. And she's like, Michael, come here, come here, please come here. Like she's begging wow. him to come to her. And he's like, uh, no. Like, no, like you can't fix this. She's still trying to play this game. Oh, she's 100% yeah. trying to play it. Yeah. And however, though, neither the confrontation from her husband or the undercover police officer or any evidence would bring a confession out of her. She 100% stood her ground no matter how bleak she maintained hmm. or no, how bleak the situation maintained. She still just claimed her innocence. She said she didn't do anything. They showed her the, the footage of her in the car paying someone to kill her husband. 
I mean, props for taking it as far as you can, I guess. Yeah. She, it's almost comical. That's- she stood her ground and it is very comical. It's yeah. like, it, like, it's like you, like you say, watching a soap opera or a fucking cartoon at this point. Like how the fuck? Yeah. Like at some point though, you need to know like, bitch, you done. Yeah. And like, just probably admit to this. Yeah. But she's not. <laughs> she's just like, no, I didn't do it. Oh my gosh. Uh, when she was shipped to jail, she used her phone call to call none other than who? Who do you think? Baby? <laughs> no, her husband, Michael. Okay, I, okay, I couldn't remember his name, but it's Mike, the other guy. Oh, seriously? Yeah, she called her husband, the one she tried to get murdered. Wow, because she has literally no one else, or yeah. she's still playing the stupid game. She's trying. She's playing the game. She's trying to convince him that she didn't do anything. And that he needed to come down to her and help her get out of prison. <laughs> she's trying to gaslight him in whole, this whole story. And he's like, how do you explain this footage then? And she's like, come down to the jail and I'll tell you. But I didn't do it. This is all set up. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. This is an audio recorded conversation. You can listen to this conversation. Wow. So when this didn't work, because he's like, I can't do anything. I called your family for you. He's like, I can't, I can't do anything. And props to him because he's t- still talking to her like a human being. Not, well, yeah. a, not a fucking monster. And even like calling her family for her. Like, yeah. wow. Like I would be, I'm sorry, like hands clean. Like I would see this number calling me. I'd be like, hello. And if I heard that voice, click. Click. Never to speak to them ever again. Yeah. So yeah. props to him for that. Well, I mean, she legitimately wanted him to die. Yeah. Like she in, had no regard for his life. In Zero. her mind, she was coming home from the gym and he was de- going to be dead. Yep. And she was okay with that. So when this phone call to Michael didn't work and she wasn't able to manipulate him any longer, she turned to her mom and she called her mom and told her that she wanted Mike out of her house and that he (laughs) is the one who did this to her. But shit, it is her house. They're going to have to change that. That got changed. Okay. Thank goodness. Now, 20 months later, after Dahlia being put in the slammer for lack of better words, because my brain farted there. Brain farted? I had a brain fart. There we go. <laughs> Your brain farted. Wow. You wow. can tell I had a brain fart there if I say that. Wow, that was, that was interesting. Um, so 20 months later, Dahlia would actually take the stand and be on trial in April of 2011. Now, when the evidence against her came up, it was so incredible. Like I said, the video, the audio, mm-hmm. the police setup, everything. She still maintained her innocence. Wow. She was innocent as far as she knew, as far as she said, everything. She did not do this. It was a setup. Now, it was something that her defense would actually cling on to. The fact that she did not crack and she maintained her innocence was key to her defense. They spun a story of how Michael was a reality TV nut. And this was all a plan for him to be able to get famous and on TV. In fact, they even used the fact that the show Cops helped film the footage as means to help support their theory or story or whatever you want to say. That's some creative defense right there. It's creative is a word I would not use. (laughs) It's a colorful defense. Maybe. I don't know. It's out there. It's very Looney Tune esque. It it is. But I mean, like what other way are they going to go? Yeah. They painted her as the victim who went along with her husband's plan in order to garnish fame on TV. But when things turned sour, he bailed out or whatever and left her to take all the blame. That's that was the defense. 
Michael I mean, literally laughed at this in trial. That's not terrible. <laughs> like I'm actually shocked because I I was just I I was thinking, but at this point she would just be like, yeah, like I mean she had 20 months to just like accept her fate. Like yeah, I'm I did this. Like yeah, I fucked up. But that no, like that's it just keeps going. Like this just doesn't end, does it? Yeah, it it doesn't. <laughs> Is she still? Okay, no, sorry. I'll save that to the end. (laughs) I know where you're going. We're getting there. Uh, The jury, however, didn't buy this defense. On May 13th, 2011, the jury took only one hour to return with their verdict. Dahlia sat in the courtroom and didn't even flinch as she was found guilty of solicitation in the first degree of murder. She was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Now, when this was occurring, there's again more footage coverage of this the judge goes off on her (laughs) about her zero lack of remorse her zero lack of respect when she received her sentence she just stood there or she sat there no emotion nothing just blank literally doesn't care not a single fuck given wow none of it because you would think at some point you'd be like, yeah, I really screwed up. Like 20 months sitting in a jail cell. I feel like you would at some point be like, wow, like yeah. I, I messed up. Well, now she has 20 years to think about it. However. Oh, you're kidding. There's got to be no however. She in her, def- in her defense appealed the decision one month later due to a technicality of the jury being improperly selected. Oh my gosh. And she remained on house arrest instead of jail for six years until a retrial took place in 2016. House arrest where? Like with her mom, I guess? I'm not too sure which address. Brutal. But yeah, she was on house arrest instead of prison for six years. Brutal. Now in the retrial, she was again found guilty of solicitation in the first degree of murder. Of course she was. And she used that same defense. She still maintained her innocence throughout it all. Throughout it all. Um, You're really hammering the points here, aren't you? Yep. And so in this case, she was sentenced to 16 years in prison on July 21st, 2017, which technically would equal out to be a longer sentence. Actually, yes, I was just processing It's 22 years. However, six of those years was house arrest rather than prison. So it's probably better still. Um, But then also like you just experienced six years of house arrest and now you're going back to jail. That's like almost worse. Yeah. So with that, sorry, excuse me, Dahlia DiPolito, I'm sure her last name might be changed by now, (laughs) um, will be staying at the Lowell Correctional Institute in Ocala, Florida until 2032. She has 10 more years to go. But she will still maintain her innocence the whole time, I'm sure, because she still does to this day. She claims it was all an act to get on TV. She also claims that the police department were in on it. She claims <laughs> because they were trying to extravagate this whole cop scenario and try and make a buck off it. Wow. Her ex-boyfriend, Mike, was in on it. Sorry, Muhammad. I can't remember which one exactly. One of the ex-boyfriends. Yes, it was Muhammad. Sorry. Muhammad was in on it. Um, Her ex-husband, Michael, They he was all in on. Everyone was in on it. And she is just the one to take the victim circumstance from the entire situation. Hmm. Okay. This is scary though. Cause like, she's not going to be that old when she gets out. No. And she's not going to be a changed woman. Nope. So like the world should be a little afraid. Well. What is she brewing up in there? Speaking of that. 
Oh my gosh, did I just segue us? You kind of did. Frick. Because her ex-boyfriend, Muhammad, the one who initially reported her to the authorities regarding her plan, was found dead in his apartment under suspicious circumstances in November of 2021. What? His cause of death is still unknown as his autopsy report has apparently yet to be released. Because this is not that, that, that's like a year ago. Yep. Not even. Yep. Okay. So as far as any report that I've seen say, this is not necessarily tied to Dahlia whatsoever. Well, yeah. I mean, could it be uh, tied to her somehow? He did have a criminal record of his own. I do want to say that. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But perhaps as things play out in our next few years, we may get a better idea if Dahlia was actually manipulative enough to get revenge from behind bars. Well, honestly, because he would, he was the one that kind of really screwed this up for her, right? Yep. If it wasn't for him. So, and she does seem like she would be one to do that. I mean, it's not like she hasn't tried tried before. before. Wow. So that is uh, Murder for Hire uh, with Dahlia DiPolito. She is one. She's something. I know, I know. There's so many words you want to throw out, but it's like, you got to be careful. Like, wow, that she, is some nerve. She deserves to fucking rot for much longer than those 20 years, in my opinion. Um, she, I do hope she comes out and is reformed. I do want to say that. I mean, there's the small possibility, but I would not hold my breath. I do think when we see her come out, she is going to come out and continue to play victim. Uh-huh. And we are going to see memoirs released and all that sort of stuff and she is going uh, to eventually make money off her side of the story well who's playing victim and who is she going to prey on next too that's like, true be afraid people yeah oh. but she has already done like interview reports with i can't remember the news sources but it was like big news source like abc or something like that or she's probably BC. already writing her damn book probably really and that's a book that i kind of want to just like buy a copy and burn but that i don't want to buy a copy because her. i'm supporting her i know so maybe I'll just, I don't know, pee on a copy in there's a library no or something. That, there's no way that she can be, that she can make money and like off this. There's just no way. I oh, mean, oh, really? You think so? What was that one case from Japan? Remember the one that I found absolutely atrocious? No, the celebrity cannibal. Yeah. How the fuck can that yeah, happen? Yeah, but at least like he had a story to, to share-ish. And as far as she's going to write, so does she. <laughs> I guess. Especially everyone, everyone has a story. It doesn't matter how good or bad or evil or whatever. Everyone has a story. Yeah. And it all depends on how much she twists it. She has 22 years to twist this story. Okay. Devil's advocate. What if that's legit? Or does this no way? The thing that makes me say <laughs> it's not legit is if you listen to the private but recorded conversation from her, from her prison cell to her husband, Michael afterwards, when she's in jail, when she calls her husband, there's no talk of this being a setup. You're let, you're letting me take the fall for, there's no conversation of it whatsoever. He's just like, explain this, explain. She's like, "Uh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Well, and then honestly that the, the audio clip that you shared, like there's just no, way that someone in that situation who was just being told something like that by the the first time would act like that yeah 
I've tried to play devil's advocate myself researching this case over and over and over again. I tried to think of any angle where it's possible that she is telling the truth, where that is the case, where she is the victim, where it's just, you know, bad circumstances turned worse and she's taking the fall. I can't find or see or even manufacture a shred of evidence to support her story. Yeah. I can't. No, I mean, I mean, no, there's no way that, that it's true, but it's just, I was just being Mm -hmm. a twit. And one of the things that really points towards it being that it's a falsified story. Michael DiPolito has not searched out any fame from this case since. Oh yeah. I'm sure he wants to just put this shit behind him. That's exactly what he wants. I mean, but you have to say, also have to say like he fucked up too. Oh yeah. He, he's like his, okay. <laughs> I just thought of this. His first wife is probably just like, <laughs> yes, karma's on my side. <laughs> like seriously, she's probably just like running for the hills and happiness. Probably. Probably. I, did you think of that? That's freaking gold. I, I didn't really think of that. I, well, I, I, the thought crossed my mind, but it's, I never really thought about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that she's a good person and that she's, uh, enjoying this <laughs> and far far away from all this drama yeah it's a lot of drama it's crazy yeah good work wow so i'm i'm glad to present a case where uh no individual was physically harmed yeah uh, in the recording of this podcast or the story involved years prior to so uh there's actually in the investigation uh one of the uh police officers says to dahlia in the room when they're trying to get her to confess he's like think of it this way uh, a tragedy was avoided today. And he's absolutely right, mm-hmm. which I'm absolutely thankful for. Yeah, no, that's great because, and that, and Michael should just be so thankful. Like, hopefully he's so grateful for his life. He, I, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you guys want to hear more stories of our podcast and you haven't yet, we've got almost a hundred episodes out. We're going to be Ooh. releasing our hundredth here. Uh, on Halloween week. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. That's so cool. And we got more to come over on Patreon. There's more over there. You can check us out over on Patreon. Links are down, down below. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have a website. We got merch where we actually do our own art for our t-shirts. <laughs> and, and we're everything. both wearing a t-shirt right now. Actually, look at us just playing this part. Right? We look good. We do. Some nice threads. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, good job on this case. Thank you. Uh, whether you check out any of those things or you're just here for a good time with us next time, we appreciate that too. So thank you very much. And of course, until next time, stay wicked. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.